Hello everyone, welcome back to another installment of the Film Me In podcast where this week we're going to answer the age-old question, is it five frights at Freddy's or is it five shites at Freddy's? We're, we're bringing you guys a, a full spoiler review of the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, the much-anticipated new horror movie based on the long-running video game franchise now. With me, uh, I'm Xander, your host. With me, as always, my wonderful pair of co-hosts. We've got Siwan. Hello. And we got Joe. Hello. The, I'll be honest, guys, the energy's really low here tonight. But, oh, you know, we'll, we'll ease into it. We'll ease into it. As the uh, bishop says to the choir boy. Goodness gracious. Right, um... <laughs> we'll um, <laughs> we'll, um we'll, we'll start off um before we get into the, before we get into the main topic we'll um we'll do some moan so who wants to tell me moan go on joe moan at me my moan is uh allergies uh, <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know okay if there is a god why would you make humans allergic to another species? That just seems really weird. Like, it's not like I walked up to another subsector of humans and I sneeze. Why would you do it with, like, an animal? That really confuses me. Um, with context, um, I think I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Think? I, well, I know I'm allergic to cats. I love cats, but I can't go near them because they... Ah, they do stuff to my nose. And put me completely out of it. Um, and I, my moan is that I wish allergies weren't a thing with animals, especially because I'm allergic to cats. My brother's allergic to dogs. My dad's allergic to horses. The women in the family are fine. <laughs> you know, they're fine. But um, you know, they got off lucky. But yeah, I don't want to be allergic to cats because it ruins stuff. And I love cats. And I love having fun nights out without sneezing constantly um, every second worrying about sneezing on people i feel your pain i am also allergic to a lot of things mostly fur so i i'm i'm terrible with rabbits horses a lot of dogs and cats entirely um i have two cats but i think with these guys it's just you pro- two cats prolonged exposure yes i do have two cats joe Believe it or not. I had no idea. Um, <laughs> Joe's allergic to my cats, by the way. I think you two should just get better and not be allergic I to wish. Well, Siwan's si- si- trying thought, to be trying I to thought, be funny and do that thing we did to her a couple of weeks ago. It's not going to work, Siwan. We don't I care. Thought it'd be like, I thought it'd be like exposure therapy in that if I what, was exposed to your thing? cats long enough, then I'd be better by day two and I could just relax. But if anything, it got much worse. Bloody cats. That is a sucky moan. I preach and that. Bloody bloody allergies. Siwan, do you have a moan for us? Um, Currently, yes. My fucking Wi-Fi. <laughs> well, you said that that came through clear as anything. Every time. Every fucking time we record this, my Wi-Fi just decides to leave the house. And it just makes this really annoying. This whole comment is going to be lost on listeners 
because your audio is going to come come through come crisp through so clearly and gr- and fine crisp HD. and in time. But when we're recording this, we can hear about thirty percent of what Siwan says. So if yeah. if it ever sounds like we've we're ignoring Siwan, it's just because we it's can't. It's not hear fun. It. Can we? When, once we get our first filming paycheck, we will band together to buy Siwan a new like Wi-Fi hub. <laughs> My moan is to do with Marvel. And oh, I'm sure damn. you guys have seen the um, the big variety article that came out this week about Marvel and their recent decline in yeah. terms of quality, in terms of like how much output's coming out, and other tales from behind the scenes. And I just kinda wanted to break down a few bits and um and see what you guys thought as well. So the first main bit was that, you know, this whole phase four and five have been building up Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Jonathan Majors, you know, he, he's a very talented actor, clearly very talented. But unfortunately, he's been caught up in, well, unfortunately, he is currently being caught up in a, uh, in a court case uh, for domestic abuse, um, which is, that's really bad that's really bad in terms of you know the the victim of this crime um for the families involved and we i think we're far enough away from the conviction now we can talk about the actual state of like his career because now yeah. he he was like the main focus of phase five there's a movie coming out in a couple of years an avengers film with his character's name in the title the Kang Dynasty is coming out in 2026. Um, currently, oh, anyway. Hmm. Currently, currently. It. So it's everything's up in the air now. He's currently in Loki season two, and people were thinking, you know, is he going to be recast? What's going on? And this article suggests that in Marvel, they were thinking about moving away from Kang even before all this happened, because of the poor reception to Quantumania, Ant-Man and the Wasp. But that's that's to do with the film as a whole, not to do Wait, really? with the character of Kang. Surely. I was going to say, I thought most people's arguments for that movie were like, this movie sucks, but Kang's pretty cool. Yeah. So I think that's just a line. But then they, they go on to discuss how they're not, they're not going to recast the role. Instead, they're just going to move away from Kang as a whole and bring in another big villain for the MCU. So which this so, this confuses me because yeah. Kang is li- literally the point of him is that there's loads of them. You could have him look different. It's the easiest it character to recast. He should be the easiest. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. The easiest person to recast is someone who literally has millions of multiversal variants of himself. Like, and it's not like we know all of them all look the same. We've seen multiversal characters in Doctor Strange, Multiversal Madness, and other movies, and, like, they don't look the same as other versions in other dimensions, yeah. universes, whatever. So, like, there is no reason why you can't do it. They're just chickening out, I think, because they're like, maybe Kang's not that big a villain. We've seen online that maybe people prefer Doctor Doom, and people like the Fantastic Four. So we're going to rely on that and nostalgia and the love around that character instead of doing it our own unique story with Kang is basically... Yeah, they're chickening out. That's exactly what they're doing. And, like, they have a plan. 
although it's not completely clear, the movies that have been and the series that have been, they have touched on Kang. You've got Loki, uh, Ant-Man Quantumania. If you just move to a different villain, those movies and series are pointless. Yeah. Because you're focusing on a villain you're just going to put to one side. And Loki Um, specifically is one of the best things in the MCU right now. Why would you then just make that worthless? Why would you do that? Exactly. I just don't... I don't get it. I don't see the point of... Like, yes, there's a whole thing with Jonathan Majors, but, like, like we said, he's the easiest character to recast. You set him up beautifully, to be fair, in the first season of Loki, and then it's continued into the second season of Loki. Yes, Quantumina has its issues, but he is still a strong part of that. (laughs) Yes, Doctor Doom is one of those iconic villains but again you can't just go straight into him because you need to establish him as a character around then also the fantastic four so that feels like if they want to change to him they're just gonna rush through it and because the four there and him are such beloved ones you can't really rush their development just so that you can have a big bad for the next phase just because for some reason they think Kang is not doing well when he is. Absolutely. It it's like if like if you bear in mind phase one and two and three with Thanos, it's like if you teased him at the end of uh Avengers Assemble, then have him appear in Guardians, and then you're like, Oh no, sorry, we're just gonna forget about him now and we're gonna focus on um Galactus. Oh no, we're not going to develop them. They're just going to pop up, and they're going to be the big bad. Yeah, it just seems like it just seems pointless to spend all that time developing something to not see it through. Yeah, and I think that's a problem with a lot of the MCU at the moment. It's setting a lot of stuff up, like White Vision, Shang Chi, and that that signal they got from somewhere, Moon Knight, and we just haven't heard from it. There's too many characters, too much stuff going on, and not enough payoff from any of it and like from the stuff they've announced i can't see where they're gonna pay any of it off are we gonna see moon knight again is he just gonna pop up in the avengers i i'm not too fussed if he does because we haven't spent enough time with him but i haven't developed enough of that stuff for me to care phase one you had a film per hero that appeared in the culmination which was avengers assemble you even had the villain of that one loki in one of those films who was also technically a villain in that so it was all developed. Everything was set up with this. I don't. I don't know what secret invasion could be, because I don't know where the story's going based on what we've had so far. Did I? Oh. You said secret invasion. See, I don't even know the name of it. There we go. It doesn't secret wars in the it's, comics. You know what it is. It's. Sorry, go on, sir. Um, isn't secret wars in the comics nothing to do with Kang though? I swear it's just like a big multiverse fight. I without yeah. him so why why are they connecting kang dynasty and secret wars it's like they're like oh with these big two events and we're going to put them together to try and compete with infinity war and endgame that's exactly what but, to do. yeah but i don't i don't think it's going to reach the heights of it you said joe about you know that about thanos being in the avengers and the guardians thanos was only in avengers because Joss Whedon threw him in at the last minute. That wasn't. Oh really? Like, that wasn't like a. That wasn't the overarch. This 
No, see, people talk about Marvel having like a plan. Marvel didn't have much of a plan when they started. Everything has just been dropping little things and seeing like, okay, does this work? Can we do this? And then going forward with it. And now they're they're focusing so much on the plan, the plan. Um, part of the plan. That they they need to embrace a bit more of the the chaos. Uh, that they had in those original three phases because they didn't know that Spider-Man was going to be in um, in Civil War. So then they had to plan out, like they had they had to just add him into new Civil War. things along the way. They didn't already have him in because they didn't own him. The what the, the only reason they announced Civil War and did Civil War was because you know Batman v Superman was right around the corner. They're just trying to you know put something up against that. And that so these things start to make sense. That it's not a plan. It's not part of the plan. That there was an element of chaos to the MCU, and then when it all came together, it's like, oh my god, that's amazing. And you can look back at it, and people can say, wow, they had a plan. But they, of course, they didn't have a plan. His... If they had a plan, they would have introduced Captain Marvel years before endgame instead of just giving a one scene in that the, like there wasn't there clearly wasn't a plan the, the thing with that though is that they weren't creating so much content that they couldn't not focus on it like if they were doing what, one or two movies a year they they were allowed to focus all their attention on that and go and put actual thought into it and go okay we've just had that movie this movie will have to reference that but now they've got so much going on, so many series, so many movies, and so much planned ahead that they're, they're doing too much and they can't keep up with it. Absolutely. At the moment, it seems like there's there's also a few different storylines going on. So you've got the um, like the, the, the stuff with Kang that involves Ant-Man and the Wasp. I guess, to a certain extent, Multiverse of Madness um, and Loki. That's all like the multiverse stuff. Then you've got your your all your scroll stuff with the Marvels, Ms. Marvel. That includes WandaVision now as well, Secret Invasion, and this new film's coming out next week, The Marvels. Then you've got um, all your ground level stuff, which I guess would include Secret Invasion, um, Falcon the Winter Soldier. You've got the Thunderbolts coming up, like this Armor Wars. Armor Wars. Who asked for that? Anyway. And and then you've got all these forgotten people. We love Don Cheadle, though. I guess, but like we've you've got all these forgotten people, like Shang Chi. What the hell is Shang Chi at? Where, um, Moon Knight. Where's Where's Moon Knight gonna fit in with the rest of the MCU? It doesn't, and that's really cool how they made it. You know, like its own separate thing. But now you've just got a season of television. You spent two hundred million dollars on Disney Plus that no one is going back to because it's not good enough to go back to and rewatch you're not pumping out more seasons of that and making it its own brand you're trying to connect it without without connecting it it's such a stupid you know idea she hulk what what like why would you do she hulk if you're not going to continue that and make it its own separate brand in the MCU why make that for like 250 million dollars and then just do nothing with that character again what is the point we need a f- like p- they need to start explaining themselves with some of these characters because She-Hulk, I controversial opinion. I didn't hate the She-Hulk show. I thought right. it was actually quite fun. And if they'd done a second season, I'd have watched the hell out of it because what season of a sitcom 
is is always the worst one. It's the first season when the Finding the Feet, a sitcom, isn't great. But the second season of a sitcom hits perfectly. Oh, it's beautiful stuff. You ever seen the second season of Friends? Oh my goodness. Second season of Community? Oh my goodness. Second season of Seinfeld? Oh my goodness. These are peak eras of the shows because they need that second season. They need to figure out what works, what doesn't work. And with a second season of She-Hulk, that would work so well, but they'll never do it because it doesn't fit anymore. It's stupid. They, they're stupid. They're so focused on this cinematic universe and the plan. They're so focused on the plan that they're losing any form of new identity. And it's so infuriating. Like, I, I would love to see just a Daredevil show. Just, this Daredevil show that's coming out, I would love to just see that and to have it just be itself. But it's not going to, because it's going to have to link into everything else. He's going to turn up in the Avengers. And then I've got to watch several other things to understand what the hell's going on in it. And that winds me up. I don't want to do homework to watch an episode of TV. I don't, I don't want to do homework. Like the Marvels. I You've got to watch three TV shows to understand a movie. I, do you know how ridiculous that sounds? Three separate <laughs> TV shows. Three. And one of them... The main oh. character in this movie is a side character in that show. You don't even need to watch the whole show. You need to watch like four episodes of that show. Do you know how ridiculous that is? Oh my goodness. I mean, I just think it's the character... There's too many characters being introduced and no offence to them, but they don't seem to have a point being there. Like, with this Echo show, right? It's going to have amazing representation. I'm sure it is. But I'm sorry, why Ironheart again amazing representation why and then yes with Daredevil and Blade specifically they have such a following because Blade obviously has the films and then Daredevil has the show that everybody adores including myself I love the Daredevil show and I'm happy he's back but again where do they fit into all of this because to be fair if you're gonna have a multiversal saga everything in the saga should have a need to be there if you're gonna do extra shit like tv shows and you're gonna waste 250 million on them they have to into like they have to all be blended together but then at the same time half of them shouldn't be blended together because it makes no sense for them being there so you have to find the balance but you can't but they're so oversaturated with project projects that it's just it's hard to keep up and like before yeah years ago and the like for the build up to endgame everybody had this thing of re-watching every film and it's about what 20 film so what you could do was one each week building up and it was perfect it was the perfect length everybody liked the idea of a marvel marathon now it fucking feels like you are running a fucking marathon because there's so many things that you need to watch <laughs> And, like, this is coming from somebody well, who's a diehard... Cool. I'm a diehard fan. I don't care about half of them that's coming out now. Because I'm not connected to these characters enough to be like, okay, but why do they have a show? Exactly. They, I mean... I have... I, th- I think there was um, a, a stat revealed. Sorry, mine's quick. Um, I think there was a <laughs> okay. stat revealed that there are more minutes in Phase 4 alone of the MCU of content than there is in the entirety of phase one through three. Yeah, I think so. What? 
Yeah, there's like they've got 19... a film in there that's over three hours though. Yeah, but you get. Hang on, let me let me got... let me. Wait, is Endgame Phase Three? You've got a handful right. of TV Marvel shows Phase that four. are six hours long though. Remember. Um. Okay, so Phase Four, right? It had Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternals, Spider Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange Two, Thor: Love and Thunder, and Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. That's seven movies, right? Mm-hmm. Then it also had. Nine episodes of WandaVision, six episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, six episodes of Loki, nine episodes of What If, six episodes of Hawkeye, six episodes of Moon Knight, six episodes of Ms. Marvel, nine episodes of She-Hulk, and Wealth by Night, and Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. It's the shows that's tipped over the top. I think it it is the shows. I, I hate using the term content, but this is how they describe it. It's too much content. It is. it is too much content for um, people to enjoy. Sorry, Joe, you had a you had a more in depth. <laughs> I've got a list. Um, yeah, there are too many series, and what I think they're trying to do is introduce all these characters, so they've got a big roster for their two part finale movie. That's what they're trying to do. They go, oh yeah, we're gonna have She Hulk with Moon Knight, but then with that, they're gonna focus on the multiverse. So they're gonna show multiversal versions of those characters. But I don't care because I don't know the original character enough to go like, oh, wow, there's a different version of them. Well, there's a Moon Knight played by Ron Atkinson. Whoa. <laughs> like, I don't. That's just popped into my head. I don't know. Um, there's just too much going on. And like when what you said with Echo, they're dropping that all at once. It's like they're almost ashamed by it or just want to get out of the way to do more stuff. They're doing too much. They're not giving shows and stuff space to breathe. If you have to release a show in Marvel, and not 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 like outside of that, because shows are released all in one day for some shows. But in the case of Marvel, if you're releasing it all at once, there's a problem there yeah. because their idea that they were going to re- release stuff weekly. Um, and another thing that is really interesting: the only series so far to have a second series out of all the series is Loki. It's always been one-offs. And those one-offs have, haven't really amounted to anything, have they? No, there's... um. I mean, they're doing a second season of What If. That is coming. I don't care about What um, But, like, who cares? Like, it's multiverse stuff that probably isn't going to play... They said it's going to play into it. All we've seen is Captain Carter in... Um, in a cameo I don't, in Doctor Strange. And I don't care. That's because what they're all going to be. Also, they tried to make her seem like the main Captain America... Sorry. That's what all the, the all the what if episodes or like the the heroes in them are just going to be little cameos in the background of freaking Secret Invasion. That's not a payoff. Yeah, they're just going to be brief cameo. Exactly. Like Secret Wars. I, what annoyed me was what what annoyed me was a uh, you know we just had Falcon and Winter Soldier and that introduced Sam Wilson as the new Captain America, which is great. But ever since, they haven't really touched on him at all. They've just been focused on, oh, Captain Carter. They keep tweeting about, oh, Captain Carter's Captain America. No, she's not, because she's dead. She appeared in, what, a a few scenes. She was in one show, which was just meh, very forgettable. And it's just weird, because Captain America is such a big character. When was the last time we saw him? First year university for me. (laughs) Three years ago. It'll be, it'll be when... um... When he's so Captain America four is coming out in um, May of next year, May twenty twenty four. 
it'll be three years so since we we've think. seen Sam Wilson's Captain America. That's terrible. It's not fair. And like Chris Evans, Chris Evans was in a Marvel movie every single year from um, twenty eleven through till twenty nineteen. He was in a Marvel movie every single year. Are you counting the Dark World cameo? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he shows up. He shows up. It's no, an appearance. I know, it, I know it counts, but it's still like... Wait, what did... uh, Loki turns into him in For the Dark World. When they're escaping. Remember that, Joe? Wait, what? They went, Do you remember when? I thought we were talking to, I thought you were just talking about the, the, the holiday cruise where they've got like the Marvel characters in this mini short and I thought you said, does that count? But no, that doesn't because not everyone's going to go on a cruise. No, we it weren't. Was like a mini adventure with, we, were talk, I was, I, we were talking about Captain America, you gimboid. What are you waffling <laughs> he's about? He's in that. He like meets Miss Marvel and like there's loads of like We're talking about Chris, I literally said Chris Evans, Captain America. Oh. I said he showed up in a movie <laughs> every year from 2011 to 2019. The entire time he was Captain America, he was in a movie that in every single year. So he was consistently appearing. He, we knew who he was, and that's why he was so beloved, because we knew who he was, and we loved the character. Like, even Iron Man, who isn't constantly in it, I watched Winter Soldier last night, and they keep referring to him. They're like, oh, is that Stark Tech? Oh, yeah, he had some suggestions. They don't even mention Captain America. Like, the most we get is, oh, the old Captain America's on the moon somewhere. <laughs> what? And that was all in Falcon and Winter Soldier. There's been no other mention exactly. of Captain America. Where is, where is our main hero? I don't want to have to wait three years to see him. And, like, like I get that there was, like, less films back then but even then we were seeing all those heroes even if it was in a post credit scene like they're just introducing too much stuff and not giving space for these characters to fully develop and come not secret invasion secret wars is it secret wars yes <laughs> come secret wars and kang dynasty when all these characters come together i'll be like oh there they are hey cool oh wait we've got to we've got to look at the multiverse versions as well okay that means we're not going to get time to focus on them Great. Yeah. Awesome. The, th the Glad thing I'm is here. the thing is, why have such a big Avengers film so soon again? I don't like mm. it's been five years since Endgame Ka Chigga Chigga. I know, but like there is nothing wrong because if phase four was sort of to not like go back to the beginning, but it was sort of a rewind. That's what I think it should have been. You need to form the Avengers again, yeah. have them become a team, and fight something that is small. That's fine, because that's how teams are made. That's why mm. Avengers works, because you get five people that don't particularly think you think should work together, and they end up working together. So why would you have such a big... It's even a two-parter again. Why would you have such a big Avengers film so close to what Endgame was, when... There it doesn't seem to be any semblance of a team anywhere, but they're going to be fighting such a big threat that is Kang, and then so Secret barely any Wars. of them have met as well. Yeah, exactly. So like, like who I, knows about Kang apart from Ant Man and Loki? They should have done another small Avengers film 
so that we could see this new Avengers team. Have them become a team. Mm. But then, who is on the team? Because at the end exactly, of Avengers... That's what we find in, out. In Avengers, in Avengers 3 and 4, there are... It's every single hero is there. And that's too expensive. So then, who do you pick and choose to be on a yeah, new exactly. Avengers team? You, um, you so then, so then they've got to decide There that. is no... And there's no clear answer to who's going to be on this team because She-Hulk won't. Too expensive. Um, although, it, actually, if it's in a film, I don't know. Um, Moon Knight won't because he fucking kills people and we've only had one season of him in a TV show. Captain America, he will be. Captain Marvel, maybe? Yeah. But Black Panther? She's more off-world, isn't she? Black Panther. But the thing, this hasn't been discussed at all. We don't yeah. know who's interested in being in a team. Like, I don't know, maybe they'll do that in the Marvels because Nick Fury's in it and maybe he's going to try and get a new team together. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, really? Like, right now, can you say, I want an Avengers film? Right now, I don't now, think no. you can. You want these characters to be developed and you want to fall in love with them first. And then you can be like, oh, I love these characters. I wonder what it would be like if they met. And then boom, in what, 10 years time, I'd have to wait 10 years for another Avengers film. Just give the character space to breathe. Um, right, we'll move on to the main topic this week. Um, and we all watched... Wait, that wasn't the, the main topic? Believe it or not, no, it wasn't. Um, but this should be pretty short. There's not much to say here. Uh, we watched <laughs> the newest, um, the, the newest release, the biggest movie in the world right now, breaking all sorts of records. It's Five Nights at Freddy's. So the movie it's uh, it's based on the video game franchise that we all know and do we love? I don't know. Um, it, right. it cost twenty million dollars to make, and it's it's opening weekend. It made over a hundred and thirty million dollars worldwide. It is Blumhouse's biggest opening ever, I believe, and it's it's you know kicked off, fully kicked off. Um, it's made a lot of money, and the uh, the directors actually it came out they made a deal so that they would get five hundred grand up top, and then a percentage of the box office. So they're going to be rolling in it by the end nice. of this movie's uh, time in the in the. Um, in well, the hopefully cinemas. they can put these funds into making a better film. Yeah, um, and then they um, they also released this day and day on streaming in America on Peacock, which is Universal streaming service. And it's you'd so think stupid. that like that was a bad idea, but then it still made all that money. So I bet the bet someone's it's, kicking it's themselves. The they probably could have made double the house. Yeah, that's it. Like I think so. Um, I think one of our I can't remember who it was. It might have been Alex that said most people that watch this that would be interested in this are like don't go out the house. They don't touch grass. <laughs> so it makes sense for them to be able to watch it on streaming the same day instead of going out to the cinema. <laughs> Um, which I totally respect. Um, I don't mind either because from the videos I've watched, I do not want to be in a cinema where every kid is going, is that Freddy Fazbear? Is that the bite of 89? <laughs> like all that stuff. That would annoy me so much. So yeah, I'm glad no. I didn't go and see it in the cinema. So it's currently sat at a 5.6 on IMDb, a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, but with an 88% audience score. This is another one of those movies that's really uh splitting fans and critics and having this big war on critics because they didn't like a thing that they wanted to like 
Um, so let's open this up. What did we think about this movie? I want to clarify, firstly, that neither of us three are fans of the franchise in general. We don't know the lore no, of it, do no. we? No, yeah. I've played so the game maybe make... four times. Exactly. So something to point out, because Alex isn't here, Alex very, very, very much enjoyed the film because they enjoyed yes. all the lore bits that were in there. Now, me, as a person who gives two shits, didn't particularly get the excitement Alex got after seeing the film. It had its moments, specifically with the animatronics. That was very, very cool. Everything else was just a bit meh. Yeah, I think, though, even even Hamish, who who likes Five Nights at Freddy's, he was he was bored through the movie. Yeah. Speaking personally, it it's annoying that they've they've created these amazing animatronics and the sets look great. Like it's it's pure Five Nights at Freddy's. It's what you want visually. But it's in such a boring film where the animatronics don't really do much. A lot of it is in a dream. I I don't know I don't remember a lot of the characters' names. And it wasn't scary. The main point it wasn't scary and it should have been higher than a PG thirteen. Because this film scary. needed to be gory. It needed to be scary. You need to use your animatronics to be scary. Not just have them in a room. <laughs> I thought this was pretty poor. This was re as a horror fan, this was really, really tame. Um yeah. I thought it was it was boring. Ninety percent of it is in a dream sequence that really adds not much to the movie. I also don't remember any of the characters' names. One of them people are just referring to online as the police lady. And oh, yeah, fair. I don't know her name either. Um I got the um so the um there's like a, a moment towards the end that's like a big reveal. Um I got that spoiled from me by Alex. And <laughs> even if you didn't get that spoiled by a close friend of yours, it You're still isn't care. surprising. It's yeah. it's because there are only five characters in the movie that could possibly be behind, be behind something like this. So, you know, your guess. There's only one moment in the movie that made me go, that made me actually, like, have a verbal reaction, which was like, oh my god, this is cool. One moment. And in fairness... Can, can we say what it is, or is that... Are we going to leave that for later? I don't, I don't want no Spoilers. Spoilers. It's a kill. It's one of, one of the kills. So th there is a hor there is a specific horror sequence in the middle of the movie that's actually solid. It's perfectly serviceable, <laughs> and it would be a really good short film. Unfortunately, it's in the middle of a really boring movie with a lot of boring characters and a lot of things I don't care about. And it ended up being a really mediocre horror movie. Not not just mediocre, a kind of bad horror movie, and a mediocre movie in general. It's really tame. No wonder there's so many kids going to see this. Pe people have been saying online that this is a great entry-level horror movie for people to get into horror for the first time. Absolutely not. It's not? This is a terrible... If this was your first horror movie, I feel bad for you. Because this is not what a horror movie is. It's this not is horror. not... It's not a horror. It's a movie that has a couple of tame jump scares. It's and that's the equivalent it. of... 
It's the equivalent of Willy's Wonderland. Well, Willy's Wonderland came out a few years ago, and that that isn't scary, but it's violent, and it's more it's, it's a more more of an action movie than a horror movie. It's more violent than this movie, and I wish. But it's this more movie violent. Violent, and that's what on, we kind of wanted from this. On the subject of um, you said about the dream sequences, I'll I'll come back to that. But firstly, I want to say I I really dig the theme tune of this movie. Like, those people are talking about it online, and I think it's pretty cool. But what's really funny is I listened to the soundtrack today, and there are three tracks which are called... You ready for this? It's... Oh, he's funny now. Uh, it's called Mike's Dream Sequence. So there's Mike's Dream Sequence 1, mm. Mike's Dream Sequence 2, Jesus Mike's Christ. Dream Sequence 3. There are three tracks that are all dedicated to a Mike's Dream Sequence. And what's annoying is that a lot of these dream sequences just use the same footage. They do. A lot of it is just retreads of what we've already seen. It was so repetitive. Um, he's called Mike. There you what? go. There we go. I only know his the character's called Mike because of the soundtrack. <laughs> there we go. I think the movie's too long as well. Yeah. I wish it was longer. <laughs> what? Because stuff that happens at the end, that doesn't feel satisfying because although we've already had like an hour and a half... That hasn't had time to develop what happens in the end. Mm. No, but the if you mo- know what I mean. But also, if you cut out the stuff that doesn't matter, then you've got a more streamlined movie and maybe some more time for the ending. And therefore, it felt too long. It felt way too long. It's like nearly two hours. This thing did not need to be. I do like. It was rumoured that this was originally three hours, and I've seen a lot of some of the actors say, oh yeah, there were scenes that I filmed that were cut. Like, there was a scene with, um, I can't remember her name, but she was the babysitter. Uh, She had a dog called Sparky, I think. Well, she had a dog. And then there was also a reason why she... Oh, is this a spoiler? It's in the trailer. She goes into um, Freddy's Pizza Place. There's a reason she goes in there. Not in the film. There's so much that's cut. There's also a, a video on TikTok of them filming... And there's Foxy, who is in nor- he's normal. He looks completely clean. He's oh, not a robot. I thought like, that all the robotic stuff. I saw that. Out. Apparently, that was like when they were just testing Have you seen it? the animatronics. Yeah. But why would they build yeah, like a, a a version of Foxy that looked brand new? I have no clue, actually. So I think a lot of stuff was cut, and unfortunately, we're left with the boring stuff. Yeah. The dreams. I think maybe they worried it was too lore heavy. Oh, I don't care about the dreams. I don't care about these bloody dreams. It just looks like Peter Malark <laughs> is in the Hunger Games in the forest. That's what it is. Peter. And like Peter. some, some Peter. tracker jackers are gonna come after him and sting him. And then he's and then he's gonna do some makeup. And then he's gonna see that that weird presenter guy in the woods go like Ugh. you know, he's gonna be it's real like that would have made this more interesting. Crossover Hunger Games and FNAF. You know, just go watch Hunger instead, Games. Yeah. Just, what we're telling you is watch Hunger Games, <laughs> not Photos of Freddy's. One performance I did like in this was Matthew Lillard. I didn't. You didn't like him? I don't know. I don't, Maybe this is just me, but I thought it, it was... I don't know. He was only I, in I was three scenes. He, I know, but yeah, like, it was he three was scenes. I was like, oh, okay. underutilized. It's... it's Matthew Lillard, for fuck's sake. Use him. Maybe that's why... I have a feeling more scenes of him were cut out as well. And also another thing, the trailers for this film spoil a lot. Like, there's a thing in the end um, to do with him, and that's in the trailer. Yeah. I only watched the trailer after I saw the film, just in case, because I know this sort of stuff happens, and it's just in the trailer. Well, this, the trailer for this movie was 
on every single movie I went to see for the past two months. And so I had to watch the trailer because it was on all the time. <laughs> and I didn't realise that there were kids in the animatronics. That's you told to you in the trailer. Unless you don't know the law. Oh, does it say in the trailer? I didn't know that either until you told me before the film started, Xander. See, you know what I mean? I had no idea. I thought it was just animatronics possessed by some ghost or demon or whatever. You keep the mystery, you know? Yeah, like, not... like I've played, I've played one level of Five Nights at Freddy's and it was VR, and that was terrifying. <laughs> and I, I didn't know that there were kids inside the animatronics. I just yeah. thought, oh, there's a spooky animatronic coming for me. I think I knew because Hamish might have said at some point, but I, I knew that. But they shouldn't have said yeah. that in the trailer though, because if you, yes, it's a film for the fans, but not every, like, not every person going to see it is gonna be a fan. So like, why? put that in the trailer when it could be a really good reveal for people that don't know it yeah the yeah. film has made so much money so inevitably lots of people have seen it who aren't fans you like you can't just make a film that's tailored to them if that makes it needs to have some wide appeal as well it does and you can do that you can have stuff that's for fans and at the same time it can be enjoyed by a mainstream audience and this isn't that I think I think what it is is that the mainstream audience would come to this for the horror. The fans would come for the lore. This has the lore for the Not fans. The this doesn't have the horror for the mainstream. Right, before we get to the spoiler section, um, what would we give this out of ten? Five. Or out of five stars, whatever we're doing. Oh, it's a barely very Let me quickly pitiful... Check I gave it a two language. and a half on Letterboxd. That's a very pitiful two and a half because I liked the animatronic bits. Everything else was just... So yeah, I'm that's being generous. Real high. That's, I'm that's, being generous because I did high. like the animatronics. Okay. Mine was also five, two and a half stars. Um, God damn. I thought it was boring. I didn't think it was scary. It should have been higher than a PG thirteen rating, and it should have focused more on the animatronics, which were incredibly built. Like They're this deserves all the awards for the the special effects. I I gave this one and a half stars. <laughs> Like th that's a three out of ten, and that that I thought that was being slightly gracious, uh, because yeah, there's nothing here. There's there's one decent performance that I liked, and the person is only in three scenes. Um, there's one scary scene, and it's really tame, and it's just boring. It's really dull. So yeah, three out of ten is generous for me if you have not seen this movie go away um and and um, I, I will put the uh i'll put the time codes in the description but if you have seen it or don't care about spoilers then we're going to enter the spoiler section starting and now spoilers spoilers so we previously spoke about um one of the <laughs> There's a scene in the movie that was one of the goriest and the most shocking bits, which made us actually go, whoa, that's that's cool. And it was um, the babysitter. I can't remember her name. Max. But was Max. It? There we go. She enters, she enters Freddy's Pizza and she goes into this room and in the corner of the room is Freddy Fazbear and he's just standing there. And for some reason, she just walks over and puts her hand in its mouth. Because that's what you do. And Freddy, like... That's obviously what you, what you do. And Freddie, like, Freddie puts his mouth around her, like, positions her up, 
and bites her basically in half, and you see the shadow of her body fall to the ground. Yeah, which looks great, it's cool. dope as hell. I mean, I would have, I would have liked a bit more blood, but you know. Now, in terms of lore, there's something that's very important to Five Nights at Freddy's, which is the bite of, I believe it's eighty, is it eighty-seven or eighty-nine? Eighty-nine, I've heard. It's one of those years. I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I get it wrong. Um, but basically, I think it was the creator, who's played by Matthew Lillard. Or it's his buddy. It's one of those two. Yeah, William Afton. His one of his kids really didn't like the animatronics, so they brought him to Freddy's Pizza and was like, "We'll, we'll play a prank on him, or um, or her. I can't remember, and uh, we'll put him near the animatronics, or get him to put his head inside the mouth because that'll be really funny." <laughs> but the child started crying, which loosened the mechanism and meant that the animatronic's head just snatched, like just shut on the child's head and that's the bite of 80 89 <laughs> the child's head gets bitten off so that's what this scene is that's sort of cool, um referring to i think it would have been cooler if it was to do with that and not just a random babysitter but and also she didn't cry it just shut around you know in the end when matthew lillard they the cupcake bites mm. and the the spring locks activate that's what was activated when the child cried and it, the mouth just shut on the child and killed it. And I, I think that could have been, that should have been the movie and not just some random babysitter. Um, but that was what it was a reference to. Ah, oh, right. See, I probably could have enjoyed a lot more of this film if I knew the law. That is on me. But also, See, no, I'm that's not on you. That's on this movie. Thing is, though, <laughs> reading up on, like, the law and, like, seeing people, like, find stuff in the background of this film and, like, Easter eggs and sequels, it does make me appreciate the film a tiny bit yeah. more. Yeah. But the film is still boring, and there's also the, the sense of, oh, this is what this is what the film could have been if it stayed closer to the lore in the original game. One... Is this even Five Nights? Yeah, I think so. One thing I didn't like was that every okay, time, surely they wouldn't mess that up. Surely <laughs> they forgot to count to five. One thing that always like annoyed me it was that like oh, he fell asleep, so he wasn't even doing his job as a security guard like larry daly would not be impressed but he always like somebody asked <laughs> yeah. oh how did the night go and he said interesting now i mean, I know he's referring to his dreams but like i'm sorry mike how would you know you weren't doing your job the whole point of the game is that you are looking around looking at these monitors and you know closing doors because there's a big bunny outside you never saw that that's really like they don't even yeah. do they that in don't this do film. There's no that's so annoying. That the game happened. Like why? That was terrifying when you played the VR and you turn your head and like, there was a big bunny or a big duck or a big bear just staring at you and you had to close the door as quick as you can or you die. We never saw that. Instead of having a dream sequence, what Night One should have been is his POV, like camera POV, and it's like he's getting to grips with everything. Uh, maybe William Afton will phone call him, say how you're getting on, and because that's part of the yeah. game, I think. Yeah. Um, and then you see, I think there is a bit where you see Chica walk past yeah, the window. Yeah, that was great. But that's not to do with that at all. That was cool that moment. So they should have included more of the original game in this. But there's also only one of those stereotypical jump scares of like them jumping towards the camera, and that's Foxy. Mm. It's just, it's a cool movie, and it has the visuals. Of the game, of, of the game, but it doesn't act like the game. The game is scary. The game has all these mechanics, and it doesn't touch on it. One thing I forgot to mention earlier. One thing that did I did really enjoy. 
was the old commercial. That was cool. They show that stuff's really cool. The, like yeah. the intro video, that that girl's talking, and she gives a fantastically funny performance. She's she's so campy and awkward, <laughs> and she's like moving her arms in a really weird way. I think that's so funny. Just a really nice little moment of comedy. Um, so that th- this movie it- does have merit. That's why it's a three out of ten. It's because it's it does have moments. But it's just not enough to make a movie. It's um, potential. Okay, I think we need to talk about the. I think we need to talk about the biggest thing here, which was the fact that Matt Pat from Game Theory showed up. I don't know who he is. Um, I don't know who he is. <laughs> you don't know who Matt Pat is. No. It's just a theory. Like you and uh, Alex started game screaming. Theory. I was like, Joe and me just looked at each I, other I like, who is he... that? We were just like, <laughs> oh my god, okay, the, the, re- cool, the rest yeah. of us went nuts. <laughs> that was did. so cool. Um, uh, <laughs> no, because it's so silly. Imagine seeing a YouTuber in a movie. That's so funny. That was that was the best moment in the movie by far, by the way. Um, <laughs> and also, Markiplier, who does lots, is famous for gameplays, was meant to be the security guard at the beginning of this film, but he was filming his own film, Iron Lung. That was a and good so, decision. Because I would have wasted it like that. Like, oh, we've, oh, he's dead in the intro. And it also wouldn't. It like that wouldn't feel right. <laughs> It True. wouldn't feel right. It, it would have settled into I guess the it movie. Means they can bring him back for a sequel. Have him yeah. as a cameo. You um, don't need him as a, like a big sequence, if you even need him at all. I've, I, I've, I've, I've said my piece on how I didn't like this movie. <laughs> what I will say is that I would absolutely watch a sequel if they absolutely. do it horror like, and focus on the animatronics and how the game is. Yes, I don't want some dream sequence about some kids in some woods yeah no because that, that's the thing this this movie although it wasn't the best the because you already have the existence of five nights at freddy's which is so interesting like the law behind it you want to see how they adapt it and where they go with it and you want to see and presuming some new animatronics which i think the second game's sister location yeah which is also why they destroy the the, the restaurant in this and has no explanation for why it just starts collapsing isn't it because the confused isn't it because cool... the whole like presence of William Afton getting destroyed and then the kids kind of being free kind of destroys the building? Isn't that how it works? I, I don't know. I just think it's stupid. I'm assuming there is a lot of reason stupid. behind yeah. it. I've I've seen loads of people complaining about the fort scene as well. The what? I I I'm not fussed. The what scene? The fort. They built they build a fort. Don't they? Like a castle. Oh, don't have a problem. Pillows and I stuff. Thought, I thought it was perfectly cute. Yeah. I mean, to show yeah. that they're kids. And like, I didn't, I didn't know that the... I thought the, the animatronics were just evil. So when they were like yeah. being nice in the film, I was like, oh, I didn't know that's... So that was interesting. Absolutely. You know, getting to see a different side of them. But if they are doing the second game in the second film, that means we're not going to see those animatronics again, I don't think. Which is a bloody shame because they're not in this movie a lot. At what I remember from the second, like I think we did like one night of the second one. Wasn't there more balloon boy running about? Because they keep teasing him in the damn film. Okay, so, so what we're definitely gonna get because there, there are three jump scares by balloon boy in this. There film. are. Um, and Alex screamed all three times. <laughs> um, but we're definitely gonna get balloon boy. Something we're definitely getting, which was. In the end credit scene, it's there's a voice that goes, "Come find me," and it says each letter individually, and that's a reference to the puppet 
um, which is this really creepy thing. You can look it up afterwards because um, I'm not going to do the, the bad podcast etiquette, mm-hmm. but um, it's a really cool puppet. I think that there's a story behind it. I don't know. Um, the gist of it is it's it's just, it's just another child. Oh, shocking. Oh, child soul, but it's this really creepy pu- <laughs> it's just this really creepy puppet. Oh, wait. I just searched it up. Have you seen ah! it? I want it. It is creepy. I, want that. I guess I've got to do this now as well, haven't I? I want that. Some people have seen it in the background of the movie. Um, oh, what the... So they obviously... I want what that. What on earth? Why, have you... Why do you want that? Because it's creepy. I want that in live action. Because that would be scary. Exactly. And what we want is a scary Five Nights at Freddy's film. Like, imagine so that coming Ball out of the darkness. That. that would be terrifying. And I think it is in a shot. Someone, because I'm on Five Nights at Freddy's TikTok and I'm seeing all the Easter eggs. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, and also in the credits, there's like a, you know, like you have like the, I don't know what it's called, but you have like a, a music, it's like a music box. Mm-hmm. And there's like a music box piece of music that plays. And apparently that's the music that plays when the puppet is nearby. And that plays in the credits, Ooh. which is really cool. Um, see, like once you learn about all that stuff, it improves the movie. Because you're like, oh, that's, yeah. that's really cool. But the movie just doesn't make it clear to the audience, apart from diehard fans. The gist of it is, although this wasn't the best film, I'm excited to see the rest of it. Um, there's potential there. And Exactly, there's potential in this. I, I, I hope they get a different director for the second one. Because I think they could be a little more creative with it. Give us some POV shots, like in the game. Um, but just quickly, because I talked about the the puppet having a soul i know i'm talking a lot but um mike's son i can't remember his name which animatronic did his soul go into mike had a son where is he mike's brother mike had a brother uh, um, <laughs> um i don't know i don't think he got but i don't think he got put in one i think he just so where is he is is the question i think he just died I think he's just dead, mate. No, 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 come on. We're building oh, up the ambulance right, yeah. Where well, is Joe, he? Joe, Joe, neither of us... Joe, honey, neither of us care. Wait, no, I Neither care. of us care. Oh, but like, I care. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I the, don't for care. The, for, the, for the sake of the podcast... <laughs> Act like you care. And for the Five Nights at Freddy's fans who are watching, I think it is... It's an open-ended thing that they will probably do in the second film. Or, unless that's... The puppet, that could be the puppet. Oh, Garrett as the Which puppet. Which would be so cool. Garrett could be the puppet. <laughs> that would be really creepy. So I'm excited now. Talking about it has made me excited. I'm excited to see where this goes. My my main hope is just ju- is just that it's gorier, scarier. Um, it does more with the animatronics and not dream sequences, and we get some POV shots. Yeah. I want some POV shots, please. Well, we'll have to wait and see when the sequel comes out. It'll probably be a couple of years. Probably be 2025 or something when we get a sequel to this. They should definitely do an, an ARG for this film. An augmented reality, I think game is what it's called. Which is where you put stuff online to tease things. They did it with Cloverfield. So you can go to a website and find out more about yeah, that could work. stuff if you look for it. Like You have to actually hunt for it. So they should do that for this. Because like the stuff in the credits with the voice going, come find me, but it's in a distorted voice. That's so cool. Mm. Five Nights at Freddy's is built for that. To so do it in the lead up to this second film. And teach teach the, the viewers more about um, what they can expect in terms of lore. <gasps> <Joe's> off again. <laughs> Sorry, I've got something else to say. 
I wrote this down. I think it's really weird to have most of the kills happen because of the cupcake and not the actual animatronics. It was like Jurassic World Dominion, where instead of focusing on the dinosaurs roaming the earth, we focused on locusts. <laughs> that was what it was like. Like the cupcake was cool. He was a little goofy, little goofy dude. Um, but I'd love to have seen more of the animatronics jumping towards the screen, um, like Foxy did in that one scene. Yeah. That would have been cool. And also, I, sorry again, I loved the saw style trap of the the mask going towards them, with the the, the cogs going round and round. Oh yeah, yeah. That was really cool. I will say, like, I appreciate sometimes doing films for fans that know the lore and all that jazz. I appreciate it. And I know maybe, you know, if you're really interested in a film like this, then you could look it up yourself. Because like Joe said now, he's looked up at the lore and he's actually a bit more excited about it. I understand that. It makes you appreciate it Yeah, I do. I, like, I understand you should do films for the fans. But then sometimes, like, it is a shame that we're sat here talking about it not fully convinced by it yeah understanding the effect of everything because we don't know the law like i you kind of need a balance like i appreciate it for what it is for the fans but as a person who isn't a fan i wanted to like this film more than i did oh yeah we 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 can all say we wanted to like it it wasn't that we watched it like yeah it was like okay we want this to be good we want this to be scary Although we don't know a lot about Five Nights at Freddy's. We were so excited you know, for we it. We know this is a... We were. Yeah. This is a popular IP. And we're like, this is going to be great. Because I've watched Willy's Wonderland. I think you have as well, Xander. Yeah. And that was trash. Bad movie. And we're like, okay, we're going to get the good version now. And then at the end, it was just the meh version. And that's not what we want. No, it ain't. <laughs> no, it If ain't. anything, it's tempted me to play the game. But knowing me, that's <gasps> just... That's just me talking. I'm not going to actually do it because it terrifies me. Let's just quickly go around and say one thing that we did like about that we did like about this film (laughs) that isn't the animatronics. Oh, that one kill. Um... That one kill. Her her body hits the ground and it's half a body. That's real fun. (laughs) Um, I've got three things I like. That 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 kill. The weird, um, the weird commercial with that girl. I think that's really fun. And Matthew Lillard. He's pretty fun. The visuals. It looked cool inside that pizzeria. It did, and it's a shame they've destroyed there it. There you go. That's my point. My, mine's the main theme. Go give it a listen. It's cool. <laughs> it's sung by kids as well. So it's like, that's... oh, damn. The souls are singing it. And that's a great way to end it. <laughs> um, right, welcome back from the spoiler section. Shall we do... A sell me a movie, or a TV show, or a game, or a music, or a, a book, book if you're a nerd. My initial plan this week, so it was, um, so Halloween was on Tuesday, when uh, when this is coming out, last Tuesday, so happy Halloween everyone. We released our, our Halloween episode, we really hope you enjoyed it by the way. Um, huge thank you to the Movie Podium guys, we had a lot of fun yeah. hanging out with them on that on that day. Um, it's Christmas now. But on, I, I had a plan for, for, the, for the week, so on Tuesday... On, on the Halloween day, they were showing The Shining at my local cinema. Yes. And I was going to go see that. I was very excited. I was going to go with my dad, but then he he, uh, he injured his foot, so he couldn't walk. So instead, oh. we watched The Shining on the Monday at home. So I watched The Shining this week. One of my favourite horrors. Wonderful movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's fantastic. Stanley Kubrick. Chef a kisser. Um... 
then on on Halloween, I went to see Kills of the Flower Moon with a friend. Uh, this was the second watch. Um, I've just realised that I haven't spoken about the fact that I watched it the first time. It's a really great movie, obviously. Uh, you're hearing so many wonderful things about it. Uh, yes, it is long, but I think it's worth worth the time. And um, it, being able to sit in a cinema and watch it is um, is really wonderful. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is fantastic. Robert De Niro is great. But the standout is Lily Gladstone. She's incredible in this movie. So if you do get a chance, go and see it. Um, it is coming on Apple TV Plus, um, I think, in a few weeks. I'm not sure about the date, but it is going to be there in a couple of weeks. Um, but make sure, if you're not seeing it in the cinemas, make sure you're watching it when it comes out because it is worth your time. And it's a really important story that I didn't know anything about before watching. Um, yeah, really fantastic movie. But my main recommendation this week is a movie that I caught last night in a preview screening. So um, my local cinema do these... Uh, unknown showings they don't tell you what it is before you get there and the recent ones have really disappointed me they've either either been movies that i didn't enjoy or were big movies that were coming out in a few days anyway and i'm like i i used to enjoy the going to these because they were movies i'd never heard of and they ended up being some of my favorites that year and then I went last night, and it ended up being the latest winner of the Cannes Film Festival's biggest award, The Palm Door. And it was a movie called Anatomy of a Fall. Okay. So this is a French movie, and it follows a family who are thrown into turmoil because the, um, the son comes home for a walk with his dog, and his dad is dead. Mm. It seems as though his dad has fallen out of the uh, the high story window and fallen on the floor and died and the movie follows the investigation into how this happened um and because the the only other person in the house at the time was the mother and so she becomes the prime suspect and it's about whether she did it or not the the great the really good thing about this movie is that it never gives you a perspective it never says it never has its own verdict. It lets you decide. It lets you think, listen carefully to what everyone's saying and whether you think this person has done it. That's really interesting. Um, it, I find it really interesting as well how the um, the whole family is just like picked apart during because it's like most of it is a court case, like it's a trial, and it's really interesting, like. I, I suddenly found myself this morning remembering every single little thing I did and when I did it because in this that like it's such an innocuous day and then this awful accident happens and then sorry you're not supposed to call it an accident because an accident implies no one was involved an incident this incident <laughs> happens <laughs> oh, this incident happens and um, you and suddenly everyone is asked to recall every single thing they did leading up to this moment and and so you like people are second guessing themselves and it's i find that so interesting and the movie just picks apart this this family and you sort of see what's lying underneath all these different things it's like what would happen what would how would you feel if tomorrow your entire life was picked apart by a jury and a and a lawyer like what things would come out that would 
lead people to think you had motive to do something. It's a really fantastic movie. It's long. It, I didn't even realise until we got out. It was two and a half hours. Oh, that's not too long. But, but it is really worth your time. It's one of my favourites from this year so far. I mean, we're almost at the end, but it's probably going to end up in some sort of list of mine by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do get a chance when it officially releases over in the UK or wherever you are, then do check it out because it is absolutely worth your time. And it looks fantastic as well. It's all set in like the... Uh, like the French Alps, like that's where they, they live in a chalet. Ooh. And it, every single shot feels like a flex. It's like, oh yeah, we got to film here. <laughs> yeah, we're filming on location here. And it's just like, oh my God, this looks incredible. So if you do get a chance, go and check out Anatomy of a Fall. Really wonderful movie. And um, be on the lookout for it for, come Oscar time. I think she wants you go next. I'll, I've got my, you know, continuous thing of... Um, suggesting loki again because the last episode was again very good (laughs) obviously at the time of recording with last week's episode i didn't mention it because there was just how we basically recorded it um so i'll basically i missed out on last week so it's a double one basically so you know twice take it for last week twice the pride double the fool exactly double the wonka um i'm suggesting it (laughs) again so again, the Loki series, which is um, still still holding up. Um, you know, two left. They better not fucking ruin it. Um, tomorrow, we've got episode five. So hang... Come back next week and see what you I say. You said again. tomorrow! I think so, yeah. I'm going to have to watch it on the train. <gasps> um, I completely forgot! But... If you want another one, because obviously that's just a continuous thing that I'm doing for the few weeks. Um, my other one is going to be because last night I watched X-Men First Class. Um, class, so I'm, class movie. I'm going to suggest that one and the second one, which I'm going to watch tonight, which is X-Men Days of Future Past. I absolutely adore those films. Um, you know, James McAvoy and Fass- Michael Fassbender are just brilliant in it. And I like how they portray the young versions of Charles and Eric. So yeah, if you haven't given, if you haven't seen them or haven't seen them in a while, go give them a watch because um, they're very, very good. I think. My recommendation is, although it's not Halloween anymore, it is a spooky film, <laughs> and it is called the Scooby Doo Project, which came out in 1989. <laughs> I I found out about this from someone logging it on Letterbox that I follow, and. Was it Martin Scorsese? I looked at it, I was... <laughs> I wish. Um, he should review this. But no, I looked at it, I was like, that exists? So I found it on YouTube. It's on there in full. Um, it's about 25 minutes. And it was on Cartoon Network. I think it was around Halloween. It's a Scooby-Doo episode with, you know, the Scooby-Doo characters, but the environment around them is live action. So you have, like, everything around it's real. You have these 2D characters... And like the 3D uh, mystery machine. And basically it's the same premise as the Blair Witch Project. Which this follows. This follows the story of. They go into the forest. Because they've heard of some disappearances. And some spooky stuff. And it's it's really cool the way it's done. Like I don't know how they've done it. But the tracking of like the 2D Scooby-Doo characters. In the live action environment looks great. And also it's very adult. Like it starts with like the, the stereotypical like all zoinks. Uh and all the catchphrases and it devolves like Daphne and Velma start criticizing femininity 
Fred goes nuts. He like t- uh, puts his bandana and his ascot around his head and it goes all like, it's like, cr- it's crazy. And then I don't want to spoil it. Um, or if you have read my review on Letterboxd, it has spoiled it. But it's only a small thing about it. It goes places with these characters that you wouldn't expect. There's some like there's some really rude jokes which you wouldn't expect in Scooby Doo or on Cartoon Network. Um, and it's, it's a re- it was a really nice surprise. I give it about eight out of ten. Um, so yeah, if you've got a spare twenty five minutes, go on YouTube. It's on there in full. There are a few different versions, but there's one that's the full thing. So watch that. Um, it's a it's a great gem. Uh, we actually mentioned it on the previous episode of the podcast. One of the people from the movie podium mentioned how they love scooby-doo and they've seen it so if they like it and i like it i think that's good enough for you to watch it too so yeah that's my recommendation thank you very much for listening to this episode of the filming podcast uh, if you want to hear more from us feel free to check out all of our previous episodes you can look back through spotify amazon and apple uh, and all wh- wherever you listen to your podcast from um they're all over the place um we have a lot of fun making this and we hope you have a lot of fun listening to it um you can also check us out on Instagram and Twitter where we post weekly clips and the posters that are amazingly made by Joe every single week. Um, this right. week's, I'm sure, will be a be a pretty cool one for Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, Joe, thank you for being here. Where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Cook11Joseph. You yes. can find me on YouTube at Rebel Hoovian. Yes. You can find me on Instagram, uh, JoeCook underscore digital artist where i'm currently doing commissions so if you'd love to commission me for some artwork i will do it for you but not for free because i'm not a cheapskate and i'm also on letterboxd i think i'm just called joe cook so if you search that up i should be there and you can find me on letterboxd uh uh, joseph (laughs) cook and suan where can the people find you um i've got a twitter and i've got an instagram at suanawine but you know don't post much but yeah um i post quite often on letterboxd um, at C1 O's. Cheers, guys. And um, you can find me on Letterboxd. It's at the Real Zander LW. And if you want to find Joe and C1, you can look in my following <laughs> as well. Next week, um, we're going to look at, um, because the Marvels comes out on the Friday and we kind of try and record these early, we're going to talk about the Marvels in two weeks' time. So hold your horses on that. We will get to it. But before that, we're going to do another installment in our Greatest of All Time tournament. Uh, we're finally returning to that after about a month hiatus for Halloween. Why? So make sure you are listening to that one and you are caught up on the previous episodes because they're real good and I think it's a really fun series we're doing. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Goodbye. Ta-ta. Ciao.